would like to start by asking a very maybe heterodox uh, question, though uh, I belong to those who absolutely refuses the terms of orthodox. I think that there is no doxa in Judaism, but that's another that's an, another chapter. Um, and I would like to ask, basically, what is it we ask for kapara for in Yom Kippur? What, what, what is this term of atonement? We atone for what? Um, so I, I know that all of us, whether those who uh, have had some Jewish uh, education from kindergarten on, uh, or those who've joined later in their lives, uh, the classical and, I will say, simplistic way to look at things is that there is a certain amount of mitzvot we're supposed to accomplish. And if we accomplish them, then okay. And if not, then it's not okay. And since nobody is able to accomplish all what she or he is supposed to accomplish, so once a year we have an opportunity to ask for kapara. And the kapara is the discrepancy between the ideal, in other words, the ought, and the real, in other words, the is. And that's basically how we perceive Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is that discrepancy that inevitably exists and for which we're trying to atone. The very problem is that every year we keep repeating the same... Oh, thank you so much. Oh, would you have the uh, Oretzion edition? I don't know. It's already Okay, thanks. Um, so, uh, so we... We keep asking for kapara on things that we asked for kapara the year before, and the year before, the year before, and so on and so on and so forth. And there is, so to speak, this idealistic, others will call it childish, perspective that okay, this year we didn't succeed, but Bezrat Hashem will be more successful next year, and so on and so forth. I would like to reflect on Yom Kippur on the basis of a text which apparently doesn't deal with Yom Kippur at all. It's a text which refers to one of the harshest parashiyot in the Torah, one of the harshest passages in the Torah, and that's the very last parasha of Sefer Vayikra, Parashat Bechukotai. Parashat Bechukotai is the famous parasha of the Tochecha. The parasha is basically structured upon uh, the famous either-or. Either you're going to accomplish the mitzvot and go in the path which I have ordered and suggested to you, um, and then everything will be good, and you will get all the blessings, 
uh, and so on and so forth. You didn't get some text of these. There are some texts here. Uh, yes, please, please. There's one. one, one. I honestly hope that we'll be able to cover the one sheet. Um, so, in the Chukotai Telechu, if you are going to go and accomplish, uh, but I, I emphasize the word go. In the Chukotai Telechu, it's almost if you're going to walk in my laws, then you will get Gishmechem Beitam, you will get the rain in its time, in due time. And obviously, all the blessings that will follow will come upon you. And that's a very small part of the parasha. And then there is the bulk of the parasha, which suggests that if you won't go in Tim Asu, then the result will be very, very harsh and difficult. And I don't want even to go a few days before Yom Kippur. I don't want to go and to repeat all the, the curses that will come upon you if you do not accomplish. And we do know, I will say, although it's difficult to say, but I will nonetheless, we know that there has been in the past and there are in the present always some individuals who are there to explain uh, my... Uh, this is important to explain, because they know, that whatever problem happens is because we did not do this or we did not do that. I remember uh, a tragic accident between a train and, 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 and a bus of children in Israel over 30 years ago. And I remember the name of the rabbi, whom I will not mention for obvious reasons, who was there to explain in very details why did it happen. And, and, and we know that, uh, that, that, that you know, uh, it, it, it occurs over and over again. Um, the beginning of this parasha is uh, worked upon by one of the most creative, and I will say, although I can't... Uh, it would it would be my pleasure to give an entire course on the Sfatimit, but uh, I will just say one of those whom I consider to be the most daring thinkers in modern Judaism. He was the second Rebbe in the dynasty of Gur. He was not the son, but the grandson of the father of that dynasty, Rabbi Sakmeir of Gur. Uh, he was born in 19... 40, in 1840, I'm sorry, and passed away in 1905. He is certainly the one who gave to that dynasty its uh, size, its scope, and uh, we have to remember that before World War II, there were in Poland more than half a million Hasidegu, and they were the largest dynasty by far, the second one being Belus, they had 100,000. So that gives you an idea of the charisma of, of that man. Although I will say that I'm not sure, I am not sure that all the Hasidim understood uh, 
the text, for example, the text uh, which I will uh, uh, work with you on today, the way I will suggest, um, and I'm not sure how familiar they were with these uh, uh, words. But this is a, a very interesting phenomenon. Uh, I know uh, people who are connected to very prestigious figures, to very prestigious uh, individuals, and uh, who are, by and large, ignorant of their works. Uh, I see Mrs. Krauss here, and, and she uh, uh, knows very well Rav Huttner. I know many students of Rav Huttner who uh, do not have any kind of real familiarity with uh, his words. So, I, I, I get used to it. I would like to read with you the first Torah, the first uh, study he does on Parashat B'chugotai. So that is probably, <coughs> um, that is very early on. Uh, he must be at the very beginning of uh, his uh, uh, his uh, nomination as as a rabbi. It was in Tafresh Lamed Bet. Bamidrash in the Midrash. Chisha, please. Oh, oh there, there, there. Bamidrash. Chishavti derachai. בכל יום הייתי מחשב למקום פלוני, לדירה פלונית אני הולך, והיו רגלי מביאות אותי. If you see the footnote, unfortunately the footnotes are not uh, fully printed, but if you see uh, the, the beginning, the Pasuk says, in the Chugotai Telechu, Hadahu Dichtiv, the Midrash, suggests that this is connected to another verse, a verse of Tehillim 119, uh, 139, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 119, and it says, I calculated my steps, and I brought back my steps to your testimony. Amar David, David said, Bechol yom v'yom, every day, Hayiti mechashev v'omer, I said to myself, Lemekom ploni, ledira plonit amiolech, to this particular place, or to this particular Lodging, I am going, I am orienting myself. And my feet were bringing, bringing me back to synagogues and to houses of study. So that's the Midrash. In other words, we have a text. We have the text of the Torah. The Torah says, In the Chukotai Telechu. The Midrash ignores, as we say in French, royally. Ignores, 
total. The end, the second part of the Pasuk. The second part of the Pasuk suggests, Im bechukotai terechu, venatati gishmechem beitah. You know that if you are going to go in my, in, in my footsteps, or in my laws, then you will get rain, blessing, and so on and so forth. The Midrash ignores that. The Midrash, the Midrash seems to be focusing on the world, on the word telechu. And the Midrash quotes a verse from Psalm 119, which says, So to speak, I, calcul- I calculated my steps, and my feet were bringing me back to your testimony. And the Midrash dwells upon that verse and explains, David Amelech said, every day I plan to go to this particular, to that particular place, to this particular place, to that particular house, Dira. But eventually, I ended up coming back to synagogues and to houses of study. In other words, I planned to go to IBM and I ended up at Durisha. I planned to go to, I don't know, to Lincoln Center and I ended up at Durisha. Or to another synagogue or to another Beit Midrash, but something like that. Which So that's the, that will be the Midrash that the Sfatimet is going to work on. For the time being, I will only read and translate. Okay, I want to have, you know, that Rosenzweig, Franz Rosenzweig, suggests that we should read any text on, in two readings. The first one he calls it the Napoleonian reading, which you just go and cover the entire text, and then you go and you, but you must have a sense of what the text says in its entirety. Ki b'chol davar u'v'chol makom yesh chiyut Hashem yitvarach. In every place and in every thing, there is the vitality of God. But in every place, in every place, it is but a housing and a clothing, which is particular to to that vitality which appears in various ways, in various fashions. Aval, however, hapnimiut hakol echad. In terms of the inner aspect, in terms of the real content, everything is one. 
וזה עניין הדרכים שבחזקת סכנה. This refers to the path, to the ways, which are always dangerous. ומה שנקרא האדם מהלך, and what man is called goer, we know that amongst the many ways to describe mankind or man in general, there is one which we can describe man as homo sapiens, we can describe man as homo politicus, and there is one description that says that man is a goer, מהלך. So the Sfatimet refers to that definition and says, ומה שנקרא אדם מהלך להיות מושך חיותו יתברך בכל דבר בכל מקום. What does that mean to be a goer? It means to attract the vitality of God in everything and in every place. כנ"ל, as we said, על ידי המחשבה קודם כל דבר. By preceding some thought, before everything, על ידי זה, by that, by doing that, יוכל למצוא נקודה אמיתית שבכל דבר, it will be possible to find the real point which lies in everything. עדותיך, ושיבה רגלי אל עדותיך, the Pasuk said, Edotecha to your testimony. So the Sfatimet comments on the word testimony, Edut. Hu habiru, it's the clarification. Shetzarich liyot ha'adam ed, that man has to be a witness. Levarer uleha'id, ki akol me'ashem yitbarach kanal. Man's role is to clarify and to testify that everything comes come from God. Blessed be He. Bateknesiot, it says, I wanted to go to various places and to various uh, sites, and my feet brought me back to Bateknesiot, to synagogue. And I, and I emphasize the Greek word of synagogue. We'll see later on why. Bateknesiot, why synagogue? Ratsalomar, it means, Lachnis hakol tachat aklal, to put everything under the general rule, one general rule, Shelo liyot nifrad mishoresh achriyut shemechaye kol kanal. Not to be disconnected from the one root that provides vitality to everything. The haratzon and the desire, mehadam, from man, who abitul beemet kol asechel vechol adat el retzon Hashem idbarach. I translate literally. The desire from man. is to 
cancel any thought, any wisdom to the desire of God, blessed be. In other words, I explain a little bit, the Sfatemet seems to suggest that what man really wants or really should desire, should want, is to annihilate, so to speak, to cancel any autonomous thought and to put everything under the true desire of God, to show that everything comes from God. Obviously, at the beginning, everything comes from one's reason, one's brain, one's wisdom. I calculated, or I thought, I used my thinking, regarding where I was going to go. Which ways was I going to use? In Kolze, nonetheless, what we should desire really, to stick by this exercise, to the upper desire, to cancel one's wisdom to the upper desire. Even this is made by virtue of using one's brain, one's wisdom. What does that mean if you will go in my laws? You must be working, you must be involved in the Torah. The purpose of one's study should not be to know and to understand. It's only, it only should be in order to basically submit ourselves entirely to the upper desire of God. And we should permanently strive to get to what we didn't get yet. In other words, till yesterday I was able to be submitting myself to a certain extent, well, today it will be a little bit more. And God willing, tomorrow it will be even more. And so on and so forth. This means to really make an effort. Tamid, permanently, Batorah. To cancel one's wisdom to what is beyond what we can perceive and conceive. By doing that, he will attain more, he will reach more. 
to submit oneself more. This is really the effort that we have to do in the Torah. This is the text. And I thought this is an appropriate text before Yom Kippur. It's a very pious text. It tells us that we should always strive to go to synagogue. And we should always strive to be, to not to, to go to with our own uh, calculations. We should submit ourselves entirely and conditionally to God and so on and so forth. As I say always, tatati tatata. Difficult to imagine a text which is more, more pious. And it seems to me that what the Sfatimet is saying is the most daring thing in this very text. I would like to reread the text with you, slowly, and maybe try to demonstrate that what he's saying is maybe the exact opposite of what of the impression, the first impression of piety we got by reading this first reading. <coughs> but before that, are there any questions? If there are, please do not hesitate to stop and to ask. That's why I'm forced. No, it's really just a comment. I was, I was struck with the things you were, you know, reading and translating, how much it seemed to link well, I, I, I don't want to advertise, but I will speak about the Akedah tomorrow evening. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you're right. You're absolutely right. It seems that indeed. Abraham wants, you know, so much wants to have this son, and eventually he hears God who says to him, go and sacrifice yourself. But again, I, I, will, not, I will not dwell more on, on, on the Akedah, I will leave that tomorrow, uh, but I have a, 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 a rather a different reading of the Akedah. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, observance is never passive. Right. It's never passive. But you're right that he seems to be sensitive with the Midrash. Because the Midrash is really, uh, as I said before, ignoring the end. But the, 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 you know, Parashat B'chukotai is so strong. If you're going to do that, to do the good things, you're going to get the blessing. If you're going not to do the good things, you're going to get the curses. And, and that's what we, we have in mind. Not good. And, and the basic religious, uh, the basic religious uh, uh, thinking is one of submission. Okay? I have to submit myself to the desires of God. 
you know, I would like to go into, you know, to have lunch at McDonald's. Unfortunately, I can't. And that means, okay, I wanted to stay in bed this morning, and unfortunately, I had to get up to sleep up and to, uh, and, 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 uh, and, 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 and with, with everything, okay? That, that, that's the, that's the, uh, but you're right that the Midrash is, seems to be ignoring all that aspect. He seems to be dwelling on the world, on the word telecho. But again, by dwelling on the word telecho, he seems again to say that whatever I plan to do, I plan to go to work, I plan to go to, to, to this and that place, and I end up coming back to the Beit Midrash and to the, the Beit Knesset, to the house of study, to the synagogue, as if, as if all what we were doing all day was only going to synagogues and and, and houses of study. I mean, we, we have to ask ourselves, you know, to what extent is, is, is something like that reflecting anything which, which connects with the real world we, 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 we are acquainted with? Chileku, uh, is that, what, what halal work is it, is it? Lech. It's regular halal. It's regular halal. No, it's regular power. Yes, well, yes. It's a Okay. I would like to start at the uh, fourth line. Once he finished to quote both the Pasuk and the Midrash, he starts by saying, Ki bechol davar, bechol makom, yesh chiyut Hashem yitbarach. In everything, there is the vitality of God. In other words, what is Fatimet is saying, and this is concurrent with Hasidic thought in general, is that there is nothing which is not connected with God. Everything has a potential However, our way, our uh, style, I would say, to apprehend the world is, as he says now, רק בכל מקום ודירה בלבוש מיוחד לחיות בכמה אופנים שונים. We perceive, we apprehend the reality by parcelation, by dividing, by saying this is X and this is Y and this is Z. Isn't it what we are doing when we are defining? What means to define? It means to say this is X versus Y. It's X, not X plus, and not X minus. It is X. This is Y. 
And what we're trying to do, let's try to, you know, whether we are in a class of philosophy or whether we are in a class of physics, is to define. This is yellow, and I will give you the exact wavelength of that yellow. This is red, and I will give you the exact wavelength of that red. That red is not this red. That green is not that green. And so on and so forth. We perceive things by, as I said, by dividing, by defining. And we end up having a perspective, having a perception of the world which is by and large divided. This is X and this is Y. Just one second. In other words, the way we apprehend the world, and this is even what we do often in our religious life, we say this is permitted and this is not permitted. Now it's Shabbat. A minute ago it was not Shabbat. In one minute, it will not be Shabbat. But now it's permitted. Now it's not permitted. We're about to start Shnat Shemitah. Shnat Shemitah, we started to start Shnat Shemitah. So, now it's Shnat Shemitah. It wasn't last year. It wasn't two weeks ago. It won't be in a year and uh, from today. It, things are very, very precise. So, it's true. We must sometimes do that. But that leads to a certain perception of the world. And the perception of the world is a perception that things are divided from one another. And that's what he says in everything. In every place, I'm sorry, who dira is like a house, the levouche, a clothes, a garment, we sometimes forget that what we perceive is but what we call in Hasidut a levouche, a garment, something which is exterior, it's not the inner part, It's not the pnimiut, the real content. In terms of the real content, everything is connectable. In terms of the real content, everything should be seen as connected to a whole. And when he says in line four, Ki makom yesh Hashem, there is the vitality of God. God is called, and we mentioned that abundantly on Rosh Hashanah, and we will again say that on Yom Kippur, Elohim Chayim, 
God is life. What is life? What is life? If not the connection between things. Life is the ability to connect. If God forbid a limb of ours is not connected, it can't sustain life. Life is connection. And maybe this is really the world, the content of the world religion. Religion comes from the Latin ligare. Ligare means to connect. And re-ligare means to connect again. In other words, we are inclined to perceive things as disconnected. And the purpose of religion should be to show that there is a connection. We are inclined to see, to suggest, that I have nothing to do with my enemies. But Chazal tell us that the greatest accomplishment is to turn an enemy into a friend. We are inclined to suggest that there are these people and those people. We are inclined to think we were inclined for thousands of years that this is our place and not the outer world. Well, at some point we might find it very interesting to see that there is a connection with worlds which seems to be dis dis totally disconnected. I'm not even talking about men and women. I'm not talking about the tension between human beings amongst themselves and so on and so forth. But that's the purpose. That's the idea. That's chiyut Hashem Yitvarach. That's the vitality of God. That's the purpose. To show that things are indeed connected. They are connectable. And to do so is really the great ideal that we should strive for. However, this means that if there is one, I will uh, use the word atom here, and one atom here, I have to connect them by doing the way, going the way from here to here. And there is another Midrash. A Midrash says that there are three places which are dangerous. If one goes on the way alone, this is the source of danger. 
Another one is Haomed Bebait Ra'ua. If one dwells in a house which is not stable. Going from A to B is always dangerous. It's always a challenge. It's always difficult because we are so inclined to define, to say that this is this belongs here and that belongs there and there is no connection. Don't go there. It's dangerous. Says the Sfatemet, yes, indeed, the Midrash knows that. It is dangerous. However, this is the real challenge. The real challenge is not to perceive things as, as disconnected. But the real challenge is to show that there could be a connection. Although, it may be very dangerous. That is nonetheless the big challenge that we have to measure up with. V'rak b'chol makom hu dira b'levush meyuchad l'achiyut b'kama ofanim shonim aval apnimiyut hakol echa. Why should that be eventually still the great challenge because from an inner perspective from a from from the perspective of the 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 the, the, the real content everything is but one it's true as the midrash says that the ways are always dangerous. I'm sorry. And what man is called me'alech? In other words, man is defined as a goer. Why is that? Liot the real challenge of man is to show that there is the vitality of God in everything and in every place. Now, that does not mean to basically succumb or basically to, to uh, give up to one set of values because I'm trying to connect to something which belongs to another set of values. But the real challenge is to show, to demonstrate that there is some value everywhere. In my real profession, I'm a teacher and any teacher will tell you that sometimes we're inclined to think that this kid cannot make it. And the real challenge of education is to show that, yes, he can. It might be a little bit longer. 
it might take a, a little bit more effort on my part, sometimes many more efforts, sometimes many more creativity, but he can do it. That's the challenge. Al yedea machshava kodem kol davar. This we can do by virtue of the thought that before anything, al yedei zeyuchal limtzod nekuda mitiche bechol davar. In other words. What I have to do is to try and figure out what could be the... Why is... Why does that exist? So the Svartalet here is talking a very religious language. But he basically asks a question that we are very familiar with in the world of philosophy. He asks a basic ontological question. Why is there something? Why does that exist? It exists. Now, remember what we say every day in Shema. With all your heart. Our sages translate that. With your two basic inclinations. The inclination to do good and the inclination to do evil. Yes, there is a way to show that this has a value as well. That's the challenge. That's real Avodat Hashem. So, when David Melech was saying, I thought I was going to X, I ended up in another place. What does that mean? It's not a mere pious expression. It basically says that basically, originally, my first thought is that I'm going here, and this has nothing to do with that. And I ended up realizing that things are connected. That's what the Midrash says. And now you understand why the word Telechu is important. The word Telechu is important because the challenge is really to go from that first thought to a mode of thinking which is a little bit more elaborate, which is a little bit more sophisticated, not perceiving, not merely perceiving reality by virtue of defining and saying this is X and not X plus. Yes, it is X and not X plus, but it has a connection with a whole range of other things. As a matter of fact, it has a connection with everything. How is it connected? That's upon me to try and show. And that's why it says 
ואשיב הרגלי אל עדותיך. My feet brought me back to your testimony. עדותיך. הוא הבירור, this is the clarification. Sorry, says the שפת אמת. שצריך להיות האדם עד, that man has to be a witness, לברר, to clarify, ולהעיד, and to testify, כי הכל מהשם יתברך כנ"ל. The real challenge in life is to be able to show that there is a ligare. Now, we understand now ligare in a different way. Ligare doesn't mean to be religious, as we understood it before. It's not to do X and not to do Y. That might be important, but that's not what he's referring to. What he's referring to is that The challenge is to show that there is a connection. That's the real, that's the real uh, objective. That's what, that's what the real objective should be. To show that there is a connection. And now, he goes one step further. Batek Nesiyot, so David Amelech said, I thought I was going to this Makom Ploni. Now I would like to speak about Ploni. What is Ploni? Particular. But Ploni is both particular but not very defined. Okay, we said Ploni Almoni. It's a particular that is unknown. So every day I thought I would go to this particular place. But my feet took me back to Batek Nesiyot or Batek Midrashot. To synagogues and to houses of study. Again, this seems to be very pious, very, very, as they say, from Ravadavi often says that from is Roshetevus feel riches venig mitzvah. He seems to say that Batek Nesiyot is a synagogue. What is a synagogue? It's a place where everything is together. Sin, sin in Greek means to put together. It's the Beit HaKinus. It's the house of gathering. In other words, I perceive the world as disconnected. I perceive the world as there is an atom here and another atom there. And they don't have anything to do with each other. And the purpose is really to bring them together. That's probably why 
in order to real, really worship God, I can't do that alone. I have to show that me and you and the third person and the fourth person and an entire community, the Maharal says that ten is uh, the number that, we, that corresponds to the, the, the smallest possible community. Although we are different, we could be together. That's the real challenge. And by the same token, the Sfatemet here suggests that what we have to do is to show that there is a connection. And we have to bring things into the synagogue. Beta Kinus to the house of putting together, bringing together. We sometimes think that they are our enemies. And the challenge is to show that we could work together. It's difficult. At times it's not doable right now. It requires a work which will take sometimes a long time, sometimes generations. But that should be the challenge. The challenge is to really show that there could be a beta kinus. Synagogue means to show, I'm sorry, to put everything under one big rule. That nothing should be disconnected from the root that enables, that provides vitality to everything. And now he comes to the part which, for me at least, was the most difficult. And the desire on part of man should be it should be to annihilate, to nullify all our wisdom, the whole hadat, and all our knowledge. To the real desire of God, blessed be. Why? Why? Well, maybe what the Sfatimet wants to say is this. This perception of a fragmented reality is a result of our wisdom. This is what philosophy has been doing for thousands of years. This is what science has been doing for thousands of years. Until we were able to show the entire genome 
for example, of man. We have a very clear picture of this is gene A, this is gene B, this is gene C, and so on and so forth. And things have nothing to do with each other. This is alpha, this is beta, this is gamma, this is delta. What happens then? We have a sense that we mastered reality. Why are we striving to do so? What is the purpose of our efforts, be it in philosophy or in science? Isn't it to master the world? Basically to say, this is now mine, this belongs to me. I would like to reflect with you for a moment or two about some verbs that exist basically in every language. In every language, at least those that I somehow know, you have a concept that says, let's say in English, you get it? You get it as if it would be yours. In French we say, tu saisis, you seize, as if it would be yours. In German we say, du hast, And in Hebrew we say, Atatofes. We strive to seize. Levinas would say that we are trying to transform the other into ourself. That's what we're For thousands of years, for thousands of years, men have been understanding women from a male perspective. And I think that feminism is but the attempt to say we have a different reading. You have to respect our reading. And to respect our own reading, we, we, women, we have another way of, of perceiving the world. And we will never understand things as you do. Levinas goes one step further, and I think that the Sfatemet is with, with a phenomenal uh, uh, sense goes exactly in the same direction. Levinas goes and says, what we have to do is to recognize the otherness of the other. Which basically means that I will never be able to see. I will never, never able, we, I will never be able to get it. You will never be mine. 
I will always stand before you. And that's another phenomenal verb. To understand. In other words, to stand under. And to realize that there is something beyond, which I will never get. And in German we say, Fall stehen, to stand before. Verstehen means to stand before and to realize that you will see that from far you'll never go there. Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't enter Eretz Israel. Moshe Rabbeinu. And he pleads with God. He says, please let me go in. And God says, you will see the land. You will not go in. Because going into the land, and unfortunately, the last generations prove that, provides us with the sense that it, it's ours. And once it's ours, then you dare objecting about my way of controlling that. It's mine. Who are you? It belongs to me. It's mine. It's nobody else's. That's the challenge. That's what we're trying to do. And that's why the Sfatemet here says that the real challenge is to give up on this. That's what he calls to nullify my wisdom to the desire of God. Before I continue, A, you had a question, and I remember that somebody else had a question before, so if that question, maybe you had a question before. I'm sorry, I, I, I got uh, involved in that. So, okay, please. has an Aristotelian perspective of the world. And what Aristotle is doing is basically, you know, in the center of the phenomenal, there is no other word. Okay? Work of Aristotle, you have two major words. The book of physics and the book of metaphysics. In other words, the book of what's measurable, all what's measurable, and the book of what is beyond what's measured. And I will give you the exact principles and the exact formula as to how to understand the world. And modernity might be, and in that sense, the Fatimid here is so modern, 
Modernity is simply to realize that it will never happen. We'll never be able to master. We have now the parcellation. We have now we have now the exact formulas regarding the human genome. As we say in Hebrew, no. <laughs> no. At that point we realize that gee, we know what they are, but they might interact with each other in so many ways that it's really literally infinite. And until we understand the connection, we'll never get it. I always say I have I have a second love. My first love is Lemina. I'm not talking about my personal life. But I'm a second philosopher that unfortunately is not known enough on these shores for sure, and it's Vladimir Yankelevich. Yankelevich has a concept which he calls le je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi means the I don't know what. And you'll agree with me that for a philosopher, had he been in Aristotle's class, or in Maimonides' class, he wouldn't have lasted for long. But he's so right. Because in all those things which are really important, let's think about love. Let's think about care. Let's think about fear. Apprehension. All those things that make the world the world. Make our lives our lives. In their most particular characteristics, there is something which I fail to define. There is this je ne sais quoi, intention. And recognizing that is very modest. I don't think that modernity is, uh, is, uh, uh, has to do with, with, uh, um, you know, uh, challenging God on the contrary. I think it's basically realizing that there is something which I cannot define. That, that may be what we call, you know, the divine. So you're right, for Maimonides, the more precise I will be, the closer I will be to God. As science went and provided us with a tremendous amount of data, we realized that the data will, is, 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 doesn't suffice. There is something else. 
There is something that is not, is, is not, cannot be put into definition. As you said, is intangible. And that's this je ne sais quoi. And I think this Fatima is speaking about that. And that's why he said, the Midrash says that I was thinking I was going to these and those places and my feet brought me back, we said before, to Batei Knesiot and Batei Midrashot. Now the Midrash is not paid by the amount of words he writes. So every word is important. It says synagogue and houses and houses of study. Why? Because on the one hand I have to show that what seems fragmented indeed is connect is connected. Those fragmented atoms are connected with each other. But then there is another challenge. The challenge of thinking that by virtue of defining I will master things. They will become mine. And then I have to go to the Beit HaMidrash. Beit HaMidrash is not merely a house of study. It's a house where I am seeking something. As if the very definition is constantly changing. Furthermore, I realize that my perspective is not necessarily yours. And there is his, hers. It's infinite. That's why I have to take my definition on the one hand to show that they are connected and on the other hand almost simultaneously I have to show that X relates can be understood in a different way. It reminds me of this fantastic meeting that Rashvan relates in one of his most moving passages where he says that he was living in Villefranche and he went to visit his grandfather Rashi in Troyes 50 kilometers it took him two days and he went to see Zaydi Rashi Obviously, he had some questions. So he asked him. And here is what he says, Rashi tells his grandfather. He says, you know, I'm an old man. Had I been younger, I would have rewritten my entire commentary on the Torah. According to the new understanding which come to be everything. We have that inclination to say, Rashi said, 
And I heard from students, thank God, not from teachers. That Rashi wrote that because he had Ruach HaKodesh. He had the Holy Spirit. But what can you do? Rashi himself, at least according to his grandson, says that he merely wrote it according to his understanding when he wrote that. Isn't it what happens to us? Isn't it what happens to us when we understand a certain passage? It can be a passage of Talmud, it can be a passage of, of literature, it can be a passage of science. We have to reconsider it. We have to think that this understanding is but the basis for a reconsideration, sometimes from scratch. And it's an endless task. That means, Bateknesiot on one hand, synagogues on one hand, but Batemidrashot, the house of study, the house of seeking. I have to finish, I have 10 minutes. Says this Fatimit. Hagam ki mitchila. Although originally, what we perceive is a result of our wisdom. That's what it says in that verse. I calculated my steps. In other words, I had a search, I will go there. I am going to draw this particular painting. I am going to understand this particular phenomenon in the lab. I'm going to understand this particular passage in the Talmud and so on and so forth. I calculated my steps. But notwithstanding that, the real challenge should be to stick to the upper desire. What means to the upper desire? It's not a through missing. It means basically to understand that what I see is today, what I got today, will be challenged tomorrow. I always bring the following example. Not example. The following passage. Adam Arishon, in chapter 2, has the task of nominating, of giving names. And he provides names to the birds in the sky, to the reptiles on earth, to the fish in the water, and whatever name he gives, who shmo. But man didn't have an assistant against him. 
part of him is taken and the pasuk is so powerful because the pasuk says ויבן אדוני אלוהים את הצלע אשר לקח מן האדם לאישה ויביאה אל האדם and the Lord God fashioned the reed that he had taken from him from the man, from Adam into a woman and he brought her into Adam and Adam I emphasize ויאמר האדם and Adam said זאת הפעם this time אסם מאסמאי a bone of my bone, basami besari, flesh from my flesh, lezot ikare isha, this one will be called isha, ki mi ish nukahazot, because she was taken from ish. Those two verses are the most fantastic verses, Because what was written on the ID of Adam before he got asleep? What was his name? Adam. What's his name when he wakes up? Ish. In other words, the other changes me. The other changes the self. That's what it means. And I'm never the same. And whoever was ever married knows exactly what I'm referring to. That's, that's the challenge. To be willing to put my perception on the table for discussion. I will just add, and again this is an entire whole chapter, The tragedy is that Adam and Chava will not exchange a single word. At least the Torah doesn't say anything. As I always say jokingly, you know, he might have said to her, I'd like a little bit more milk in the coffee. Or she might have told him, you know, Please fix the window or something like that. But nothing meaningful. He didn't put his perceptions up for discussion. This is what is the Beit Midrash. You go into Yeshiva, you hear noise. You understand the Gemara like this, I understand it differently. And we argue, and we fight. There is the concept of milchamtash el Torah, the war of Torah, because everything you pay, you take a page of the Talmud. Rabbi X says Y or A, and Rabbi Y says B. We have so many jokes about that. Why? Because that's the Beit Midrash. That's what the Sfatimid is. וזהו שכתוב, 
בחוקותיי, שתהיו עמלים בתורה. The effort we should do in Torah is basically not to have the sense that we seize something, but that we telechu. It's not for tuitions that the Midrash dwells upon the world. Telechu. Im bechukotai telechu. The Midrash is not interested with the Fumi uh, reading. That's not what he is interested in. He's interested in saying, if you want to be a real individual, you have to go. שתהיו עמלים בתורה, you have to make an effort in Torah. שלא להיות כוונת הלימוד לידה ולעתיד. The purpose should not be that you got and you see something. Once you got it, you stop reflecting about that. And then the text is dead. You have to put it again after discussion. רק כדי שיוכל להתבטל אליו כראוי, לרצות תמיד לבוא למה שאינו מפסיק. We should strive to get to, to the place where we are not there yet. I always say to my students, I train teachers, I say you'll never, you won't make a lot of money in that profession. If you want to be rich, choose another profession. But the pleasure you will have, the nachas you will share from a student of yours who is providing you with an understanding of a text that you've been studying for 10 and 20 and 30 years. And he, the little Moshe at the end of the class, the one who was throwing spitballs, this one, all of a sudden, gives you a shot that you didn't think of. And you say, wow, that is worth, that is worth all. That's what it, the, the, that's what it means. And maybe, and I'll finish with that, וזה היגיעת עמיד בתורה, that's the real effort we have to do in Torah, להתבטל הדעת אל מה שלמעלה מההשגה, to annihilate, to, to, to submit our former understanding to new perspective. על ידי זה משיג יותר, that's the way we can enlarge our understanding. כדי להתבטל יותר, to, to, by virtue of, of canceling more, we get more. I got something, I'm willing to put it up for discussion, and then I can get enough. And maybe what we have to atone for in Yom Kippur is this sense of I got it. We are not goers. We have this sense that it's mine. And maybe what the Torah wants to say, to go in the path, in the, in, 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 in the laws of God, 
doesn't mean that what I did yesterday I will do today. Yes, what I did yesterday is important, but it's a basis for really reflecting about what I will do today. It's an endless work. But that means telecho.